welcome to the seventh episode of the Magical Elections podcast about astrology and magic. My name is Nina Griffin, and I am a traditional astrologer and magician. This podcast is where I discuss astrological magic, favorable magical elections, and host an informal exploration of the traditional magical arts with other magicians as well as those who are magic adjacent. You can find previous episodes on your favorite podcasting platform, such as the Apple Podcasting app, or my personal favorite, the Free Overcast app. You can visit my website at ninagriffin.com to read astrological articles and learn more about magical elections. What are magical elections? Many historic magical texts suggest that magical results are enhanced by astrologically electing the moment when the desired magical energies are at their height and performing the magical ritual at that time. In my experience, this is very much the case. However, most astrologers are not magicians, and most magicians are not astrologers. This is where I come in. Every month, I select a few auspicious dates and times, and also recommend traditional materials to use for maximum magical potency, the names of the angels and spirits that should be invoked, and the magical images associated with each talisman. I also include suggestions for further reading and learning, and a magical lesson on a different topic each month. This is all included in the monthly magical elections PDF, which you can buy at ninagriffin.com for 15 US dollars. Today we will discuss the contents of the November issue of magical elections, provide a sample election from the November issue, and feature an approximately one hour conversation with the astrological magician Ryan Butler about safe and unsafe magic. The November issue of the Magical Elections PDF is now available at ninagriffin.com. There are five elections for November, and three of these are excellent Jupiter elections. This is especially important because November is the last month that Jupiter is in his domicile until 2022, so it's really our last chance to grab excellent talismanic opportunities for creation of wealth, good fortune, growth of personal virtues such as justice and wisdom. We also have a fixed star talisman for Alfeca, who provides friendship and elevation through friends. And there's also a 12th house lunar mansion, which is for improvement of harvests and plants, and also empowerment of those who support us or need our help. This issue, as do all issues, features a magical lesson. And this month, the lesson is about planetary days and hours. This is a wonderful way to time your elections without being very advanced in your astrological election skills, but it's quite powerful. I have spoken about it before on this podcast, and we are working on it in my magical elections class at Kepler right now. The students have really connected with it and are doing weekly planetary rituals based on the day and hour of the planets. The other big news in this magical election issue is the introduction of the new section called Discarded Elections. It features upcoming elections that may look good, but actually contain significant problems. It can serve you in two ways. One, if you want a double check on your own elections that you have found. And two, if you want to check up on the charts of pre-made talismans you're thinking of buying. It goes without saying that if you are buying an astrological talisman, there should always be an astrological chart available and you should check it before buying. Just because it's for sale doesn't mean it's good or helpful or won't cause you problems. So always check the chart of a pre-made talisman and this section is one way that you can do that. You can always have an astrological magician check the chart of your planned purchase, and it's worthwhile making that small investment before you spend a lot of money on a talisman, especially expensive jewelry talismans. The free election for October is the talisman that will use Jupiter, and he is, of course, in one of his domiciles, Sagittarius. This election is for November 23rd, 2019, 1.13 p.m. to 1.43 p.m. set for Los Angeles, California. And wherever you are in the world, you will want to get 18 degrees Sagittarius on the ascendant in your location for the beginning of the election, but keep an eye on the moon, which should be applying to sextile Venus. The incense to use in your ritual, according to the traditional sources, will be you can have saffron, sandalwood, musk, camphor, mace. Uh, the image is a handsome man sitting on an eagle, but as I always say, if you have a strong command of planetary symbolism, you can always create your own image composed of Jupiter symbols that resonates with you and your goals emotionally. Whichever image you choose, 
This is the image you'd want to write on or engrave on your talisman. This image is very important because through the eyes, it enters your being and acts on the soul. This month's election will work for a paper talisman or a verbal petition or a prayer. There are better Jupiter elections in November that are included in this issue of Magical Elections, but I wanted to discuss this one because I think while it's good, there are some caveats that may not make it as strong as we would want, and that would not make it worthwhile for a metal or stone talisman, which of course lasts a very long time. So the metal of Jupiter, just for future reference, is tin. There's also yellow sapphire or amethyst. Um, but the really important part of this election that I wanted to highlight is the Venus-Jupiter conjunction on the midheaven, and the moon is on the blessed star Spica, which is applying to sextile Venus, and then Jupiter um, after that. The one downside of this election, which made me recommend it only for a paper uh, talisman, is that the moon does not have very much light. She is waning and has only a little light left. Normally, a waning moon by itself isn't a problem, but this time, if you have just a little sliver of a crescent, like here, it is a problem. So I would not commit this election to anything really permanent like a stone or metal. As always, the spirits to evoke are the angels of Jupiter, Zatkiel or Zachiel, his intelligence, Yophiel, and his spirit, Hismael, his colors that you can incorporate in the talisman or in the room or both uh, are going to be sea blue, sea green, and purple. And as always, I welcome your feedback if you do make this talisman. All right, now it's time for my conversation with Ryan Butler about what types of magic are safe and unsafe, which should be especially helpful for beginners who might feel a little bit anxious or uncertain about where to start with astrological magic and don't want to accidentally curse themselves. Here we go. One of the things that the main thing we'll really focus on today with Ryan is we'll talk about uh, safe planetary magic or safe astrological magic, I should say. Um, and maybe we'll talk about some unsafe astrological magic <laughs> as well, because that's always fun. But I know that's a big concern for beginners. You know, what's safe, what isn't? I mean, magic certainly can be kind of scary, and it gets a lot of sort of very dramatic representations in media. So mm. I figured um, this was a good opportunity to pick somebody else's brain who has a lot of experience with doing astrological magic, both the safe and possibly the unsafe times. <laughs> and we can, we can share our experiences with you. All right, Ryan. So what would you say is a, um, is a good safe practice or maybe even before that, what do we consider safe versus unsafe magic? Do you have a personal definition? Sure. Yeah. And I think that's something that, um, kind of changes or varies from person to person. And I think a lot of it has to do with how risk averse somebody is. Um, so like even, you know, not just in, in magic, but even in like, you know, regular, regular everyday life or even in like investing, it's just like how much risk are you willing to take? And anytime you as like an astrological magician, especially elects for, uh, you know, a talisman or a petition or anything like that, you're assessing risk basically, um, mm -hmm. as, as super fun and fabulous as this sounds. Um, but you're assessing risk, um, not only of can this election support what it is I'm trying to do, but also how likely is it that the, you know, that, that the reverse will happen or some unforeseen consequence. Um, so a lot of it is just, how risky do you want to be? And that's something that's going to differ from person to person based on, you know, temperament, personality, but even also like uh, amount of responsibility one has, you know, like if you are a parent, your, you know, your risk aversion is probably going to be higher than somebody who doesn't have, you know, dependence or something like that, like something or somebody that whatever you're doing could realistically also affect because they're, you know, in the same household or something like that. Um, so for me, uh, I'm not a parent, but I am a pet parent. And so just like that is usually the, and it sounds kind of silly, I guess, but that's usually what I run my stuff by. It's just like, okay, how likely is this thing going to be able to, you know, affect or, you know, hurt or just whatever, um, otherwise touch upon my pets is usually the way that is usually kind of the, like my first method. So like, um, sixth house stuff in charts, I'd pay kind of special attention to just because that's my living situation more or less. 
So can I ask a personal question, Ryan? Yes. If there's a sixth house versus seventh house affliction, which one do you <laughs> Who gets the X? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, so to answer that question, probably the seventh house, because the seventh house could tell me something's wrong. Yes. Theoretically. Theoretically. That's right. He has the power to communicate, right? Yes. Yes. That's right. All right. Well, now that we know everything about Ryan, we need to know. <laughs> I think that's actually a great way to dive into the situation and a really practical way in because, you know, I think what's important to remember, especially as a beginner, is there is no perfect chart, yeah. right? And there are certainly better charts than others, but no chart is going to be completely 100% problem-free. Would you say that's true, Ryan? Yeah, I think that's fair. The worst you can, I mean, sorry, not the worst, the best you can do is minimize that's exactly right. And you, there's certainly a lot of minimization you can do, especially if you have a little bit of time to play with, like you don't need an election right now. But just recognize that there will be some issues with any chart. And the question is, it's going to have to impact some house and some planet. And so the question is, what houses in your life are better able to take that strain versus those that are more vulnerable? And mm. I think Brian accurately points toward the fact that, yeah, if you have pets, you know, there's they probably can't really, con, you know, control their fate the way that maybe a person could, right? So that's certainly one calculus that you could do. Uh, but, you know, obviously it's going to be very individual and very personal. So you have to think about what in your life, again, is better able to withstand <laughs> potential planetary issues, even if they're hopefully minor. But um, just recognize that they will have to go somewhere. And um, it doesn't mean that every talisman will bring you problems, not by a long um. shot. But again, just recognize that, again, as Ryan said, there is some amount of risk in your sort of, you know, assessing where you want to allocate that in your life. So, all right, Ryan, so tell us more about what you think about what what is the safer type of magic to do in your experience? Sure. So um, to me, talking about like safe or unsafe kinds of magics are, are going to mostly be... Um, or the focus in that is mostly going to be not just the election itself, but also like who we're talking to or like what exactly kind of, you know, planet, star, lunar mansion, like what that that spirit, what its temperament is, what its characteristics are, um, because they're going to be they're you know, the person on the other end of the phone. And um, if you've ever worked in customer service, you know, some customers are going to be nice and understanding kind of no matter what. And then others, you can be as polite as you want, but they're still upset about something and they're going to take it out on you. So you have to consider who's on the other end of the phone. And so when it comes to like, um, you know, just to give a, a nice uh, comparison here, you know, like the fixed star speaker, that's a star whose election can be more more risky just because speaker as a star from what, you know, the astrology that's handed down about Spica to the the different ritual, um, uh, a ritual for like the, or election for the fixed star Spica can be more risky just because Spica as a star, kind of what we know about it from the astrology of the star and the, the kind of magic that's ascribed to it in primary source texts, that can be a bit more of a risky election because the, the, the speak is not like bad tempered, but then on the other end of the spectrum, you have like Al Gol who that's one that you want to be as safe as you can because our goal is characterized as a bit more nasty and less patient, we might say, um, to where like maybe that's the election that you, you know, invest a little bit more time trying to find a good one with. Whereas Spica is a little bit easier to get away with something that's that would otherwise be more of a, an eyebrow raise. No, that makes a lot of sense. And I, I just to clarify, I think when Ryan said speaker is more risky, I think he's saying that you can take more risks with the speaker right. election. Yes, sorry. Right? Yes. Yes. Because she is actually, a, no, it's okay. She's just a very safe and benevolent star mm -hmm. that, um, at least, yeah, you're right. In my experience, she doesn't really have a lot of downsides kind of mythologically or, or in practice. Yeah, and, I can't really uh, being... Yeah, whereas, you know, Algol is the eye of the Gorgon Medusa. And it's, um, you know, it's associated with decapitation and a lot of really violent mm -hmm. stuff, even though it's talismans can be used protectively. So don't let that scare you from never doing them. Mm -hmm. But as Ryan said, clearly, if you have some myth mythological um, concerns, which often with fixed stars, I think that's pretty common, I would say. Mm -hmm. 
a lot of those images and stories are pretty violent and or tragic. Um, you know, it's just better to be safe. And probably that's a good rule of thumb is that with fixed stars, except for stars like Spica, um, you probably want to be a little bit more cautious, but that's just my experience. Yeah. I mean, caution is always a good thing to be, or cautious is always a, bit, a good thing to be, um, no matter what, <clears throat> but you're going to always have camps or maybe not camps. That's probably not a good way to think of it, but I think like a spectrum preferences. Of, yeah. Of, um, of kind of like, um, risk aversion. Yeah. Just kind of like your, maybe we should like make an infographic of that. Just like <laughs> the spectrum of yes. safe versus unsafe. Like <laughs> it's probably a good idea. And, but you know, even so that infographic is going to vary because totally. one of the things that, you know, that you'll see with traditional astrological magicians is that we all are mostly aware of the same rules, but we all prioritize them a little bit differently. And I think, you know, generally you'll, you'll see some agreement, but you know, who knows where people would actually fall given on a particular election, whether they'd be willing to take a risk on it or others wouldn't. And that's very personal in my opinion. Right. Yeah. And especially when it comes to, you know, like you and I, Nina, we both have mediums where we like explore and kind of um, recommend elections mm -hmm. and, you know, like different people, it's that same kind of risk averse yep. thing. Like I can show charts that I'm like, you know, this is, this is generally okay. Or like, I would do this ritual if I need to, Right. but like, you know, somebody else might be would like, be oh horrified. no, that's no. too much for me. <laughs> and yeah. would be horrified. Like, oh no, that's too much for me. And you know, right. they, they don't want to do it. And the best thing you can do is just to be as like open about it and be like, yes. Hey, you know, here are the downsides. And here are the upsides. And then it's just like, you know, take it or leave it. That's the best we got. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's that's one of the things I really try to do. And I know you do as well in your videos. Like in my monthly magical elections, I always try to write up like, okay, here's why I think this election is good. But it might have these issues with it, right? And they may or may not be applicable to your situation. But I think people should just know what it is so they can make an informed decision. Mm -hmm. And I think you you try to do the same thing, Ryan. That's all you can do. And then be yeah. like, then it's like that if you have a problem, call me. And then that's all you <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you know, that's kind of nice. I mean, that's one of the things that I suppose is a little bit more liberating than if you're trying to convince people that this particular election is amazing, right? Because yeah. I think it's you just have a little bit more perhaps objectivity about it. Um, so that's that's kind of nice. So what about, okay, so what are some of the safer types of, of elections? So we figured out, okay, speak is probably one of the safe stars. What about, um, say, lunar mansions um, or planets? Any particular recommendations? Um, well, lunar mansions are fairly, in my opinion, I think the lunar mansions are kind of like fairly flat characters mm -hmm. uh, compared to like um, the fixed stars or planets, especially yep. the planets who are way more like rounded characters. Um, but like lunar mansions are relatively flat characters. So like the third mansion obviously is very safe. Um, I say obviously yeah. like everybody should know, but, um, like <laughs> you've worked with it for a long time. Yeah. Exactly. I have yeah. as well. And you're right. <laughs> yeah. it's, it seems like a very, very benevolent one. It's kind of like the speak of lunar mansions. Yeah. <laughs> and they're both. And like, I don't know if I, I think you might do this too, because you use female pronouns for speaker. Yeah, uh, but it's funny because like I also tend to use female pronouns for speaker and oh, like the funny. third mansion. Yeah, you know I never thought of that, but like of course it's a feminine star. But yeah, you're right. Um, but then also <laughs> like uh, the third lunar mansion being um, uh, also kind of female coded with uh, its image of a woman mm -hmm. specifically. Um, and then I also think of like the twenty fourth mansion, mm -hmm. which also has feminine energy to it or feminine That's image right. is trying to it. So I seem to have a theme here. Um, but then, you know, I guess on the other end of the spectrum, you also have, uh, I guess our goal is also kind of coded feminine. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. Even though <laughs> it's so brutal and militant, I think, right. I don't know. It's, <laughs> that it, that's, a, that's a trickier one too, yeah. <laughs> Gender baby, um, very simply. But um, but yeah, that's, that's definitely true. Um, yeah, and I, I would have to agree with your assessment. And it's not that these are the only safe lunar mansions no, by any means. Just the first ones that pop into my head, at least. Exactly. Exactly. These, that have these kind of familiar imagery to them. That's right. But there is definitely, um, you know, there are certainly lunar mansions, and those are usually pretty obvious when you read the descriptions, who are much more militant, but they're much about destruction and separation. Um, although I would say that um, all of the lunar mansions, almost all of them have some constructive uses they can be put yeah. to. It's just that with the ones that um, that Ryan just named, it's pretty much all constructive uses. Mm -hmm. There are some where it might just have really one or two positive things you can do with it, and the rest are like super destructive and harmful. Yeah. 
Yeah, the ninth mansion is a bit more on the difficult side. Mm-hmm. The twenty-first or the twenty-first, the twentieth mansion, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, I should have th- I should have looked at this better. Yeah. <laughs> like one of these. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, right. That's right. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. No, definitely. So I think those are. I mean, in terms of like giving people a place to start, I think this is good. Obviously, you have to do the reading. You have to educate yourself, right? Because also, um, as Ryan was saying, it, it really depends on your own um, sort of risk profile, as well as how desperate you are to get a certain kind of result. Yeah. Um, yeah. What about I mean, planets? I laughed, and you know, I'm sorry. Like, I laughed at like how desperate you know that that line, how desperate you are. But you know, sometimes you do need oh, stuff now. No, I'm you totally. Like, sometimes <laughs> you're like, I have a, I have an astrological magical emergency, and you yeah. could and they happen. quite serious. And you're like, you know what? screw it. I'm just going to do this like Algal Talisman right now because I really need protection from something serious or, you know, whatever. Um, so it could, I could see people taking certain risks at different times of their lives. If if something's really urgent or serious. Um, so what about planets? I mean, you had mentioned that you see them as rounder characters. And what I think you mean by that is that they, they can be positive or negative, obviously, depending on, I'm sure they're essential, you know, zodiacal dignity and other things. But uh, but what do you what are your thoughts on safety versus unsafety there? As far as planets go, mm-hmm. um, so I think that this kind of goes into, in my opinion, like a larger question of like um, I'm sure you get this question a lot too, Nina. Should I root my election, my magical election, to my natal chart? You oh know, yeah. Kind of what does that look like, or what planets should I focus on more? Yeah. And I think that this this kind of question of like what's safe versus unsafe planetarily, uh, I think I just made that word up. Um, in magic, like, like what's yeah. safe or what is, what's an unsafe or a safe planet. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, you could have your general answers. Oh, Jupiter, Venus, the sun. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those are, those are pretty safe. Um, just right. kind of like a general because of their more benefic status. So mm-hmm. they, they tend to generally want to do good things and to provide good things and to provide stability, which allows good things to, to grow and to manifest. Whereas your more malefic planet, Saturn and Mars, don't want those things or your more um, unstable planets, Mercury, the moon um, can't continually provide those things. So yeah. that's kind of like your general, uh, you know, perfect, perfect universe kind of thing. But um, you know, people are different and they respond to planets differently based on their natal chart. So like a Jupiter yes. talisman for wealth might be, you know, good, you know, on paper or like, you know, for some people, but then you have those other people whose Jupiter is, you know, like the Lord of their eighth house and it's in detriment in the second. You're like, here, here's this Jupiter talisman. Now you're going to get audited this year by the IRS and <laughs> like just, you know, all kind of hell breaks loose in that particular sector of their life because you've kind of um, absent-mindedly awakened that or mm. like activated that, that natal energy one way or another. So when planets, I think it's a bit more complicated to get into like, this is safe, this is unsafe. Um, and so, but I guess to kind of, to throw out a, a like a more definite answer, um, I do think that the planet that rules the first house in the natal chart is almost always going to be a great planet to utilize. And then also the planet that rules the 10th house in the natal chart. Mm-hmm. is also almost always going to be a good one to go to. No, that makes a lot of sense. I would add to that also any planet in your chart that has, I would say, strong essential dignity um, is probably going to be a good bet. Um, I, I guess you always have to. I Here's my thing, too. You know, I'm always a little bit cautious about tying talismans too strongly to the needle chart. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you why, just as, a, as an aside, because... You know, let's say that you're experiencing some like challenging transit or or something, right? Like Saturn opposing the sun by primary direction or transit or something. And you need to make a talisman to maybe try to alleviate some of those effects. Not necessarily a Saturn talisman, but some talisman. Well, the problem is that the Saturn in that chart is going to be opposite your sun, right? Mm-hmm. So you are going to be in the situation of of essentially baking in potentially some negative things, but you have to, because that's when the problem that you're having is occurring. 
Mm-hmm. Am I making sense? Sure. Yeah, I see yeah. what you're saying. So like yeah, if yeah. you were going through like a Saturn opposite sun transit, but you needed a talisman, then any talisman made during that time period would have the Saturn opposite the natal sun baked into it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and so, I, you know, I, I think there are some times when you just have to go and you're like, okay, you know, I'm going to try to antidote this via, via some Jupiter ritual or, or whatever other planet. Mm-hmm. Um, although I think that, as you say, that probably takes a little bit of expertise with respect to natal astrology and just an understanding of, of planetary strength. Um, I, I guess for me, you know, to be, um, to be very transparent, I tend to sort of look at the election first and then unless it's doing something truly horrific to the natal, um, I usually go with it. And so far, you know, that's, that's worked okay. But as as Ryan says, there are possibilities that things could be triggering something really problematic in the natal. But I think people tend to be more worried worried about that than is. Yeah, the then maybe they should. Yeah. 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 I I tend to agree. I I think that like the the straight up like actually rooting um, a magical election as if it were a more mundane election to a natal chart is a concern that is a bit. Um, I'm going to use the term extra. Mm-hmm. Um, for it, like, it's kind of like a, you know, it's just like a, yeah, you can. Yes. That's cool. It's hard enough to get it's a good hard. election. Yeah. <laughs> Don't yeah. make this harder for me, please. Like, <laughs> like it's hard enough. Um, but like, I don't think that like, if you can do it, Great. I don't think it's a bad thing to do it. Um, right. and often about as far as I go for rooting to like, a, like for rooting is more like not actually rooting so much as it is just kind of taking that assessment of that person's natal chart, like, oh, like, is a Saturn talisman actually a good idea for this person at this point in time? Right. Um, that I'm like, yes or no. And then I just won't do it if it's not, you know, yeah. just kind of, that's more my, my way of assessing it. Um, and that might just be me being lazy and taking the easy way out. Totally might be. Totally. Uh, but that, that's worked well for me so yeah, far. Makes- so I can't really be like, oh, you know, and yeah, like you said, Nina, it would just be, that would just be a nightmare to me like just to like to that for that to be like what you have to do all the time is to root them to the natal chart like the election i don't yeah like i said often you know if especially if you're trying to solve a problem with it the odds are good that there's something going on that (laughs) 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 so you know i like i said and you know i don't know i feel like a lot of this tradition you know came up before a lot of people knew their nativity very well Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that's that's why it, the natal almost doesn't get mentioned um, in in traditional texts because it's just it wasn't a consideration for the average person, mm. um, you know. And so there, it's not that there isn't recognition that different elections won't impact different people, you know, in, in their own way, but it's also recognition that like you know sometimes you're just trying to solve a problem and you have to take that chance. Totally, um, yeah. And I yeah. do think that there needs to be like, um, like, a, you know, like most talismans that you, that you'll make, they're not supposed to last forever. No. And that's the thing that I think a lot of people get kind of hung up on. And I think a lot mm-hmm. of that, you know, to go on like a personal thing here, I think a lot of that is because of the way that, um, astrological talismans are kind of marketed nowadays because you know when you think about an astrological talisman what do you think about oh it's jewelry it's made of gold like and it's like it's it's very expensive right expensive often so it's made in like this permanent valuable like minerally valuable materially valuable way that you're like oh i'll just keep this forever because Mm -hmm. that's what you think but no like most talismans are meant to be disposable because like ideally the problem should be fixed right Right. And then you are done with that talisman. Yeah. And then life continues normally unless that problem comes back up. In right. which case you make another one. That's <laughs> right. right. That's so that's right. my, like, I don't really recommend people get permanent talisman pieces unless they're doing something more surgical with them. Mm-hmm. In which case it's more of like a, like a spiritual practice. Yes. And that's different from a talisman that's made for to fix a problem for a purpose yes i think that's right um and i'm wondering if you're kind of hovering on the edges here of talking about talismans to um you know for i don't want to say for medical purposes but maybe to help balance your your temperament or something like that that is supposed to be a long-term thing that might impact your body or mind and that's the intention right yeah 
but those are more rare and you certainly wouldn't be wearing like seven different ones or anything like that. <laughs> it, ideally that's sort of, you know, crafted hopefully once and hopefully it's done right and it'll do yeah. its job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, but I think we kind of got off off topic about safe stuff. What were we talking about? <laughs> That's right. So I guess the uh, well, the thing I would probably um, mention, maybe as just the last item, is um, what about like all the spirits and uh, different invocations or evocations that you might make during a ritual? Um, sometimes people are concerned. This is something I occasionally hear. Like, can I accidentally, you know, um, dial a demon? <laughs> <laughs> I like that phrase. Yes. Yeah, um, I think that's how people think of it. Like, you misdial, you know, and then suddenly, like, they're Satan. Yeah. <laughs> Stop. Um, so is this more of, like, a like a pronunciation thing? or? Well, I don't know. You know, I don't know that people necessarily, especially when they're starting out, know what could cause it. And that's often one of the questions. It's like, is there something I need to be very careful about? Like, do I have to, what if I say the name wrong? Or, you know, it's sort of what's your thought or experience or anything having to do with these, um, with the different planetary spirits? I have my own opinions, but I was wondering if you had any thoughts well, first. I mean, I think you should go first then. Okay. I will. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, since you're the guest, I wanted to be polite, but yes, I, I have views. So I, in my experience, it's certainly good to obviously write down, you know, what you're going to say during a ritual. And that would include the, the name of the deity. Let's say it's a planetary deity. Um, the name of the planetary intelligence and the name of the planetary spirit. And this is something that is probably good to practice if you want, just in case some of those names can be particularly tongue twisty. Um, but you definitely, you know, you should definitely be comfortable. On the other hand, if you don't say it exactly right, like in ancient Mesopotamian language <laughs> or whatever, you know, with the right accent, I don't think you're going to call up an evil demon by mistake. I just don't think that's how it works. And I think, especially with planetary magic, one of the fail-safes is that, you know, if you take the time to have set up some planetary symbolism in your ritual space, that really keeps you on the right track in terms of making sure that you're getting um, spirits appropriate to that planet, rather than some kind of random uh, demon or something floating by who just wants to, you know, sort of get in on the action. Yeah, no, I agree 100%, yeah. because I don't really... I don't worry so much about like mispronouncing things or things like that mm -hmm. because I think like, you know, my name is spelled oddly and I've had people like try to pronounce it differently, but I know they're yes. talking to me. Right. So yeah. I just kind of, I kind of think of it like that. And like, I know they're not trying to be mean about it. They're just like, Oh, the spelling's different. Am they I supposed to, to pronounce the H? Yeah. Like right. that's fine. Like I get it. And so I don't think that, you know, I don't think any reasonable person would, take offense to that. And so any, like, I kind of project that onto planetary spirits, even though I know they're not like reasonable people because they're not people, but like, you know what I mean? Just like yes. they have, they have yes. the right heart. And if there's anything that's going to know that better than me, it's going to be like a spirit that can mm -hmm. like sense that. So I don't worry so much about that. Like I would try to get it right. If I knew somebody I could ask who knew how to pronounce it, you know what I mean? Like I would go out of yeah. my way to try to do it just cause you know, respect and that's what you should do. Um, but I agree, especially with what you said about like utilization of planetary symbolism or like synthematas and offerings that are aligned to that planet, because that's really what kind of sets the mood for, for what you're doing. And like, that's the, like, that's the phone call. Like that's the mm -hmm. connection is all of those materials that you're using. And as long as you make sure that all those materials and symbols and all that are, you know, properly aligned to whatever planet, then you're going to get there. Like your wording can be can be messy and like unprofessional, like that's fine. But as long as you get the groundwork laid out, I'd, like you're safe. Exactly. I think that's right. And that's, you know, I, like I said, I don't think the risks are necessarily very high with this type of magic, at least of, you know, it, I think it's just that people have such a strong media uh, fed oh, yeah. image of, of this being the same as grimoireic magic, where you are <laughs> working and calling on infernal demons. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and this is just not even in, in the same, in the same league, I think, so to speak. Uh, yeah. I'd like to put a pin on that, um, to come back to, um, cause I think that could be a fun discussion too. Oh um, yeah. Um, so I'm going to make a quick note of that real fast before I forget it. Um, so I wanted to kind of do a, um, a circle back around to talking about, or maybe listing more specifically some of like the safer 
um, spirits? Because I know we mentioned like a couple, but maybe like a, a little bit more of like a um, like a couple more people on the list that people can look into. Mm-hmm. Is what I want to kind of run back to, um, or maybe some of them I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know, especially when it comes to stars, some of them are a little, are, are a bit more kind of in the middle, or, uh, excuse me, a bit more in the middle when it comes to safe and unsafe, right? So we talked about Spica and I think we're both voting Spica gets to stay in the good side. Oh, easily. Easily. Um, so what about somebody like Regulus, which is more of like, you know, it's the, it's the nature of Jupiter and Mars. It's the more like it has like the, the, uh, the, the powers of like, you know, honor and, you know, like it's a military star. It It is is definitely a military star. Yeah. It's also in my experience, it's a very, um, it's a star that like likes to have its own space and do honor, you know, do honor that it, it feels it deserves. Mm -hmm. So it's certainly like, as I mentioned in a previous podcast, it's not a talisman that you want to like put anything in front of like physically, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but not that anything really bad happened, but you can kind of just get a little like, you know, like like, (laughs) the kitten is unhappy that you have invaded its space kind of thing. So um, it's, I would, for me, that's, it's always been a very positive star. So I can't, um, I can't say it's particularly dangerous, but you do have to treat it with a little bit more, uh, respect or with a little bit more, um, just awareness than perhaps something like Spica, which is just very, very benevolent all around. Mm-hmm. Do you, with Regulus, do you worry, maybe not worry, but like take into or factor in the, the kind of like, uh, natal considerations with it where it's like, oh, you have this, like this, this rise. And as long as you're kind of like doing the right thing, you won't have like the fall from grace later on. Right. Like the narrative that goes along with the stars. Yeah. I usually do. That's quite true. And, um, I would say that in general, the narratives of the fixed stars are extremely important, um, because they, they will tell you where the vulnerabilities are and where the potential Mm. pitfalls are. And I do agree that I suppose with Regulus, if you used it and you were trying to use it to, um, you know, kind of its more negative uh, potentials, right, to to harm people and to oppress them and to create conflict, I could see that it could actually work against you in the longer term. Mm-hmm. So would it be like a star, you know, oh, you know, you can make it for, you know, getting a promotion at work as long as you're not trying to get it by like digging up dirt on your competition. That's right. And just generally you're not, you're not treating people poorly on your way up. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, what about like the Pleiades? Hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. The Pleiades, I have not had like negative experiences with them, which is weird, right? Cause I haven't either, but like their story is fairly tragic. Yeah, it is. The weeping (laughs) sisters, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, that one is interesting because there the harm seems more maybe almost emotional, potentially. I can see right that. because of of their story, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I can't say that I've really experienced that. But it could yeah. just be that I haven't really, um, you know, maybe I just haven't used it to its full potential where I am coming up against some of those negative meanings. But I, I just, yeah, it doesn't sound like you have either, though. No, I mean, and I'll be, like, pretty pretty open about it. But, like, the Pleiades, it's interesting that you mentioned, like, the emotional angle of it. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, the Pleiades talisman is one that I made. So I lost my father in February of the year before last. And so in September that year later, there was an opportunity for a Pleiades um, talisman. And I made, like, a talismanic candle for it. And, you know, the, the Pleiades is one of their main goals is to like to be able to see spirits right. um, or like to see spirits in diamonds, I think is how Agrippa specifically mm-hmm. words it. Um, and so what he I think like what he means is like, oh, you know, it lets you see like celestial spirits and diamonds and things like that. But like it works fairly well with also having like dream visitation from mm. the deceased spirits. Yeah, right. And so like that's what I've used mine a lot for is to um, like to have those kinds of meetings with the, uh, with the spirit of my deceased father and dreams and to be able to like give those same experiences to, uh, like my mother and sister who mm-hmm. have had a much harder time dealing with the grief of losing him, um, than I did because I was well grown and out of the house on my own, uh, by the time he passed. So it wasn't like I was living in the home, like mom and my sister were, um, when it happened. So that's, and that's been like, so like I say that because there's obviously like the emotional, aspect of it of you know um having that not only closure from that but also kind of ironically also kind of continuing that 
relationship in a bit of a different way because mm -hmm. now it's not just like, you know, father, son kind of thing, but now it's like ancestor descendant. Right. If that makes any sense to listeners, <laughs> but like it's different now. Um, so mm -hmm. being able to continue that, it has been just like a really, a really great, like the, the Pleiades, um, candles have been a really great way to kind of smooth out that emotional disturbance. Um, right. From and transition. Family. So yeah. it's really interesting that you, you bring up kind of the emotional side mm -hmm. of it because it definitely does have that. I mean, and you know, obviously my situation is very specifically, obviously emotional, whereas somebody who used the Pleiades just to be able to like further their, um, connection with the spirit world in a more general way probably wouldn't necessarily have. That's right. And maybe that's what I was thinking of because I wasn't using it in a, you know, for right. a particular person or anything like that. So that makes a lot of sense to me. So there's your pleading story. Um, yeah, yeah, that is, that's listeners. a good one too. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> Dear listeners. Um, so I'm going to vote pleading much more on the safe side, mm -hmm. uh, but with the caveat that my use of it has been very, very specific. That's right. That's right. Um, so let me see. Who else on here? Well, who's somebody else that you specifically have worked with that? Yeah, that, that might've been challenging. Um, definitely, you know, Al Gol, I, I mean, I, I chose a very, that's, that's one of the definitely scarier fixed stars, I think. Um, but I, I worked very hard to try to find a good election some time ago, because as we were saying earlier, it's definitely one of the more scary ones. It has to do with, you know, decapitation and, you know, the eye of the Gorgon and all that kind of stuff. So that it's a good, it's a really good protective talisman. Um, I think it's very helpful in that regard, but I can also imagine that you could kind of uh, cause yourself problems if, if <laughs> it was afflicted in some way in the electional chart. Uh, there is one one such election coming up in November that I people you know that I recommend people don't do, and this is a, this is uh, the moon on Algol. It's also happening um, roughly around the time of the full moon, so the moon is actually afflicted by its opposition to the sun. Mm -hmm. And uh, so you know maybe somebody less experienced might not see that as a problem. I do occasionally see talismans for sale that have the moon on a full star moon. and then the sun opposite. Mm -hmm. and uh, the moon opposite the sun is, is considered an affliction as bad, almost as bad as a combustion. Mm -hmm. So it's something that I would not recommend, especially, especially if you're talking about afflictions to the eyes. And obviously, oh, yeah. algal is going to be an eye star because of right. the symbolism. And so you really need to be careful about um, afflictions to the luminaries in, in these, in these types of um, elections. And so Algol is definitely one. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting point because I think a lot of times we, I mean, a, a lot. Uh, so that was, that was me projecting, but I know like for myself, I get so focused on like the, the decapitated head image that I forget about like the eye symbolism when obviously the eye symbolism is very important because <laughs> that's what right. star is. And maybe um, more likely to cause you problems than decapitation. But yeah. Tell, yeah. You know, just for <laughs> the average person. more likely. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's a good point. Um, so I'll go definitely on the more be safe side. I would also like to add um, Aldebaran to the be on the safe oh, side, yeah. or I'm sorry, mm -hmm. to be sorry for you to be safe about. Yes. So on, uh, on the more risky side. Mm -hmm. uh, and so for, for listeners who may not know this or be very aware of it, um, the different fixed stars um, are assigned a planet are assigned to nature, usually of one or two planets, um, and that can usually kind of give you a key as to what the star can do. So, like um, you have like Spica, which is the nature of Venus and Mercury, um, and then you have like on the opposite end of the spectrum, Algol, which is of the nature of um, Saturn and Mars. So obviously one to kind of watch out for. And Aldebaran, who we're kind of also throwing in there, um, is just of the nature of Mars itself. And those associations or assignments are, are from Ptolemy, um, as far as I'm aware. Um, but uh, do, you, do you factor in that nature very much when you um, are kind of, assess, kind of doing a risk assessment of a specific star? Or do you more focus heavily more on the, like, the symbolism and kind of the story? Um, probably the latter. I definitely look at the planets because I always figure Ptolemy chose them for a reason. Totally. Yeah, you <laughs> know. <laughs> so I, I, to me, that's like a really shorthand. If like if you could just say it in in a symbol or two, that's how you would express it, and I think it's helpful. 
But I think it's important to understand um, the number one, the body part that a, a star is associated with because they, they often or usually are, mm-hmm. right? Like something might be in, in the head of the Medusa or another star might be in the heart like of the lion and so on. And those are potential points of vulnerability, by the way, um, if you have an affliction in that chart in, in the, to the body. So you want to make sure those houses and those planets are not afflicted. But I also pay attention to the narrative. And if you look at the narratives associated with the fixed stars, they tend to be largely negative. Um, not all of them. I think Spica, if you look at that story, that's a positive one, but it's quite rare. But most of them have to do with um, like death and violence and wild animals and just all the dangers of the world. Right. And it is you do have to be careful, I think, with the fixed stars because, like I said, they, you know, once you plug into a myth, you are along for the ride. And so you have to be very clear that you are um, you can't control it and that you you are doing so in as safe a manner as possible. Is very safe. I've never had um, a negative consequence intended or otherwise ever manifest from a third mansion talisman I can ever remember making or having made Mm -hmm. for somebody else and hearing about I've never never Mm -hmm. seen that come back spoiled have you Nina anything not once not once yeah I haven't either um I also think the seventh mansion is pretty safe it's kind of it's very similar to the third mansion but kind Mm -hmm. of like a more male imagery yeah, what, um, what do you do with that one, Ryan? That one, it's the same. Um, it like it, as like far abundance as abundance and nurturing. Yeah, as far as it's, um, uh, it's like uh, as far as its description. Sorry, I'm in its uh, like in Picatrix. It's kind of that same, you know, for all good things. That's right. Um, so it's like, oh, if your third mansion, you know, if the moon's waning in the third mansion and you can't use that, see if it's waxing in the seventh mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Like just your next best bet. Um, and I've had, I've, I haven't had any bad things happen from that one. Um, the 10th, like if you want to go, this is one that we've talked extensively about in, in another episode. That's right. Earlier this year. Yep. <laughs> the 10th mansion is all, is really great. Um, mm-hmm. haven't had anything bad from that one before. Um, and then let me see, thinking, thinking, thinking. And then I think just the 24th from there, yeah. as far as like just positive, nothing you know, no, not to say that they don't have, um, some negative uses because that it's pretty common for lunar mansions to have kind of like a two, a two sided, like here's their positive uses, here's their negative uses. Um, but their their positive uses and then their, the temperament or character kind of definitely swings them more towards the being safer to work with side. Yes, um, definitely. Can you think of anyone, anybody else who's more on the safe side? Not obviously. I think we've covered a few good ones, though. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. But those are, like I said, you know, if you're just starting out and you're wanting to get your feet under you, I think those are good ones to start with. And then you can experiment. Um, yeah, kind of from there, kind of <laughs> go yeah, into like Yeah, I, I, I always like to mention for for lunar elections in general or elections where, you, you know, where you have to look at the moon, which is pretty much all of them, um, <laughs> I would definitely avoid the new moon. Um, yeah because the moon is quite afflicted when she has no light by being new, even though it's often a very popular thing to do, like intention setting on the new moon. Yeah. And uh, and same thing for very close to the full moon, I would mm-hmm. say. Yeah, I usually yeah. give it like a whole sign, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Like you I don't usually start. Or signs. It, that's, that's a personal decision for totally. sure. But but yeah, those are those are the two areas where um, historically and I would say practically, <laughs> you often will have <laughs> negative effects, and, and this goes double, triple, quadruple for eclipses, of course. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> to the speaking of unsafe magic, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. Oh, really that's not I, a good thing. you know, it's it's is it really sad that in the whole lead up, is it really sad that in the whole lead up to to knowing that we were going to have this conversation tonight, that I did not once think about eclipses as being a topic to talk about? It's because you've erased them from your mind, Ryan, like, as have I, as have them. all of us. Don't even, because right? it's an automatic, no, astrologers. Even, <laughs> but they sound so about. cool, you know, they like, especially cool. if you're like starting out and you're like edgelord mage, right? Yeah. 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 So eclipses are bad. Don't do, don't do anything around eclipses. Um, I don't make a talisman on them. Okay. I, I, I tend not to worry too much about them as sort of just general life things that happen, but yeah. I definitely wouldn't make my talisman around an eclipse. Yeah, yeah, definitely don't do that. Um, and signs to look for that you've messed up and made 
you know, if you if you've made anything around an eclipse and you're just like, look at this thing, it's super cool, but my eye keeps itching. That's <laughs> yeah, a problem. You probably now have an eye infection. You should go to urgent care now. Yes. Like, that's a sign that something went wrong. <laughs> yes, yes. You should fix that. That's um, true. O- ocular manifestations of afflicted moon and or sun are, are yeah. very common, although not the only manifestation, I'm sure. No, definitely not the only, um, but they are like a really, a really, they're very common and it's almost one of those things that like, so like I have this whole theory about like toxic magic, like kind of accidental toxic magic mm. that when you do it, accidentally obviously because I don't think I don't think anybody does it on purpose um hopefully but like when you do it I think it like infects you to yes. where it's like where to where you rationalize it that it's yes. not a problem or it's not it like it right. almost like tries to Stockholm syndrome you mm. into not realizing that that's the problem so like you like you make this um you you make this talisman and it's an eclipse and you're like it's super cool look at it everybody on the internet said I shouldn't do it but I did it <laughs> Um, and then you're like, my eye keeps itching, but you don't connect the two Yes, as being a problem. And I see this happen a lot for people who, not just with eclipses, but like for people who get like, who get or create talismans that have, uh, like a problem in the election. That curse themselves unintentionally. Yeah. yeah, To put it more dramatically, that curse themselves unintentionally. Mm. Um, like things start going bad. And when you're like okay, well, so you got this and these are some problems that I'm kind of seeing with the election. Can you tell me about like what's new in your life since then? And they just kind of start talking. And everything's terrible. And like slowly you kind of realize that everything's terrible. They're like, oh, you know, work's going, but like I'm having a lot of problems with like this coworker that's made it like, that's just put a lot of tension. And I'm just like, "Uh uh-huh. And then they're like, oh, and I just seem to like have these headaches kind of all the time. Uh Uh-huh. Like, like there's just kind of slowly, but they've just like rationalized it or have otherwise just kind of brushed it off. So, um, but then the good thing is I've never had anybody like fight me on it. After yes. I've been like, hey, you do say you it. think that like, you know, now that you've said all this out loud, is there a possibility that I haven't, I haven't had anybody been like, oh no, that doesn't sound right. Um, right. So but just good. connecting those dots for yeah. that person is often hard. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think so, that's very true. Although to be fair, I think that happens on the positive side too. Sometimes. That's true. That's true. You know, unless it's something super dramatic where you do a Jupiter talisman and like the next day you, you get a raise or something. Yeah. Like, you know, especially if it's more gradual as a lot of these talismans often are, where maybe if you look back like a year from now or something like that, you're like, wow, my life's actually going a lot better, but there isn't a particular major event that you could point to that, you know, and I think often people might be slow to ascribe that to the talisman. And I'm almost wondering if in both cases, what's going on, Ryan, is just that we live in a very anti-magical society. That's true too. And we're all very trained just not yeah, to, to not think about connect it. things immediately to a magical cause just mm-hmm. by the virtue of the, the water that we swim in, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that definitely plays a part because it's hard to, um, it's hard to talk about magic at all without like deprogramming people from yeah. what they assume it should be mm-hmm. from obviously media. Like that's yeah. the big world that's shaper. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. And you know, again, we all grow up in it. It's around us all the time. You know, we, we think of causes as being only material. And so it, I think it's just, even if you're a magician and, and you do this and it can be hard, I think for your mind to automatically find. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of Magical Elections. My name is Nina Griffin and I welcome your comments and questions. You can reach me at ninagriffin.com Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and I wish you a magical November. Thank you.